Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. Morning, everybody. Morning. Well, man, it's been a great start so far. And uh, if you've got um, if you've got a Bible, don't need to open it quite yet because we're in a series. We're not going through a book. So, um, anyway, uh, let me pray and then we'll dive into our message. Lord God, thank you so much for this morning. God, we come from all different places, all different. Uh, relations with you, Father, very close to you, or God, maybe just been running from a long time and we find ourselves here, but God, I pray that no matter where we're at, God, your Holy Spirit would meet us right where we are at. And Lord, lead us on, grow us up, mature us as your sons and daughters of God, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in this series, second or kind of a third week, first week was an intro, but uh, this new series called Hero Level Living. And we started this whole series on the premise of kind of that origin superhero story and how those origin stories kind of fit the same form. The first part is the average Joe uh, or lady, heroine, uh, average person that most people can resonate with gets supernatural powers, superpowers. And then that's the first part of the movie. And then the back part of the movie is them going to defeat the bad guys. But like we said that first week, the, there's in every origin story, there's the training montage right in the middle. And they usually fast forward that super fast. Uh, because that's where all the power that they have is now learned how to be harnessed and used and used to such a s- skill that it's almost a reflex and then they're, then they're at a place where they can go defeat evil or the bad guy. And these stories resonate with us because I believe it's kind of a tweaked, godless version of maybe our own story. That maybe that there we find in, in reality, average people that God gets a hold of, and to the surrendered heart, He gives His Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead... And yet we miss that training montage. We don't know what the Holy Spirit is here for. We've been sold on a minimalistic gospel that it's just to get me into heaven one day in the far future. That's not the gospel message. There is a robust picture of what the gospel brings. Salvation, yes, but so much more. However, in order to defeat the powers of hell and Satan and walk in victory, you and I as God's sons and daughters need to be trained. And that's what Jesus did with average people. He got 12 average people and a few others that would follow him. And for three and a half years, he poured his whole life into them, taught them the ways of the kingdom, taught them the worldview of God's culture versus the culture of our fallen evil world. And he trains these people, and from them, they turn the Roman world upside down in a few generations. 
So last week we talked about training mission number one, wake up and choose life. Like that's our first training. Like if you want to live a victorious Christian life, you have to wake up and choose life. We looked at that verse that the Lord sets before us pathway of life and a path of death. And his heart is, I pray that you choose life. That there's a lot of thought processes right when we wake up that it's towards death, it's towards negative, it's towards fear, it's towards the worst case scenario, it's towards uh, negative thoughts about yourself, about your marriage, about your children, about all that. And you have a power, God has given you the power as image-bearing people that you have the power to choose. Am I going to choose life or am I going to choose death today? And You have the power to choose life. Well, today we're going to talk about training mission number two. Training mission number two is this, power is guarded by problems. Power is guarded by problems. Why why does this matter? Because God is training you and I through life's challenges. We must be able to see God working in and around us in order to be who he's made us to be. That's why this matters. Power is guarded by problems. You know, God is dwelling in your daily circumstances. Even though we kind of try to maybe pretend he's not there or maybe we just kind of bring him in our consciousness when we kind of show up at a place like this, but God is with you, intimately involved in who you are. Matthew 10.30 says, the hairs of your head are all numbered. It's not metaphorical. God knows everything about you. How about this, Psalm 139, 1 through 5, the Lord, O Lord, this is a Psalm of David, David saying this, O Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. And David knew God was intimately involved in every aspect of his life. And he was praising God for his faithfulness. This isn't just for super Christians or kind of pope level or priest level or just kind of a special anointing for certain kinds of people. No, it's for everyone. God is intimately involved in everyone's life. God isn't the force. He isn't a personality. He isn't just a cosmic mind. A lot of times we think uh, some of our founders of our nation were uh, deists. And deists have this thought that God doesn't necessarily transcend into our human existence, but he's more like the clockmaker in which he made everything and spun it into existence and he's watching it from afar away. And uh, even Thomas Jefferson, who was a deist, uh, he went to, to the extent that he would cut certain portions literally out of his Bible because they didn't uh, back up a deistic worldview. All the supernatural works of Jesus he cut out of his Bible. And Thomas Jefferson's Bible was just literally like a collage of certain scriptures he wanted to retain. But God says this... Ephesians 2.10, you are God's masterpiece. He's created you anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 
You're his masterpiece. He cares about every little aspect of your life. And if God's intimately involved, therefore, man, our daily prayer is, God, where are you and what are you doing? God, what are you doing? What are you doing today? What do you have for me to do today? God, who do you have for me to meet? How much joy can I bring to my family around me today? God, is there a word of encouragement I can give a coworker today? That's waking up and choosing life and embracing what's going on. As you wake up and choose life, you said, man, how, how, how does God speak to us? Primarily, it's through His Word. Through His Word. You know, the Word is like a scale. Anybody like stepping on that scale? You know? Who does, right? But that scale, even though most households have one, how often are they used? Not very much. Well, unless you're kind of like on a program and trying to, you know, you got some goals. Then you're on that thing maybe more often, but most people don't like stepping on that scale. I remember there was this one guy uh, I was ministering to, and he was a military guy, and he had been out of the military for a little while, and he's six foot five and kind of a tall guy, and it had been years since he stepped on the scale. And so uh, I was like, man, we need to go on a little training, training session. All right, let's start something. All right, Rick, let's weigh in. So we, 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 I got that scale out, and he stepped on it. And before he stepped on it, I was like, hey, hey, what do you guess? What do you guess? And he's like, 245 maybe? Brother steps on the scale, 295, and he starts laughing and crying. It was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it had gotten that far out of control. And kind of in his head, he had been just living with this 245 standard, man. He's just a fit, 245. But you step on that scale, and you realize. And that's what God's Word does. It, 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 it brings us into reality of not only who God is, not only who you are, but this world in which we live, it brings clarity into seeing what is happening around us and not being caught unawares. The word is not just like a scale, it's a yardstick. It measures and evaluates you. And it's also a mirror in which we look upon ourselves. Paul says, you know, it's one that kind of looks upon a mirror and then he turns away and forgets his reflection. That's why we've got to look in this mirror. God, what do you see? Not what I see on myself. It's, God, what do you see of me? This reads us. We don't read it. The world's confusing. It seemed like that confusion meter just really just tweaked up over the last four or five years, isn't it? Just kind of this constant state, this floating anxiety of confusion is like, man, what's true anymore? Like, what's truth? It seems like even truth is kind of getting changed and altered before our very eyes. What is true? It seems like redefining truth is or maybe doing away with it altogether and it keeps moving the goalposts, continuing to push truth and God out of society and out of humanity. That's the inevitable goal. But God is unchanging. His word is unchanging. Culture doesn't change God's word. God's word changes culture. 
Hebrews 4.12 says this, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Man, when we get before the God's word and we, we drink it in, man, it, it does an amazing job. It separates confusion into clarity. It separates strongholds into victory. It brings our brokenness and weakness and turns it into strength and might. This is what God's Word does in our life. Man, are you dealing with the same problem you had a decade ago? Man, if that's the case, man, this is a great place to be because we don't let you kind of stay where you're at. We, we call each other up here as God's sons and daughters not to run in vain or avoid life's pain, but to actually, with the help of the Holy Spirit, see your way through those problems to where you grow. Power is guarded by problems. Life, power, maturity is guarded by problems. You might have a problem with anger. No, that's something that I've wrestled with deeply. Instead of a continuous cycle of a stressful-like circumstance hitting you and you choosing to use that as an excuse for you to be angry and vent out into the world and kind of change the environment. Man, that's toxic, isn't it? Been around an angry person? How does one get victory? Well, in my life, I had to get down into my root system. Because I started paying attention to the little voices right in those very moments that I was picking up and embracing and coming into agreement with. And if you're a parent, you probably know. Like in those very stressful moments, you get whispered, you're a failure. Or you're not a good dad. Or you have these kind of statements and you, right in the middle of them, it seems so true. Yes, there's evidence to this statement that that's true. And so you kind of internalize it, and it's like, yes, I am a failure. And you start reacting out of that embraced lie. But instead, but instead, build back on God's word and truth. Why is that so? It's so important to get God's word in your life so you can learn how to fight. That muscle in that area gets built up and made strong. No, no, no. I know the enemy's whispers about me and my father, me being a father. And I know those whispers, and I come against those lies in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to father out of that. Or how about false peace in a relational issue or a relational issue that you might have with someone? Man, that might be a big problem in your life. Man, it's always on your mind. Man, this, this one thing that's going on with this person, this kind of false peace, and you've learned... You've learned how to kind of manufacture false peace around this person. Kind of just been nice and been kind of cordial and kind of doing the nice Christian thing. But you're faking. And this false peace, all the while having these thoughts and issues and hurts that you need to tell them, maybe God is waiting for you to quit living in false peace and rise up and have that conversation with that person so they can understand you better. Not so that you can convince them, but just so that 
they can understand you better. I don't want to hold this back. I want there to be openness, that I'm not holding thoughts about you behind. God wants you not running away from those problems. He wants to see you walking through them so you grow up. And that's why power is guarded by problems. You know, we kind of have this instant comparison culture. My problems, my problems are holding me back from the freedom Right? We kind of have this, like, feel, hear this sentiment bleed through. My problems are holding me back from the freedom to be the real me. Right? Freedom to be the real me. I need to escape my problems so I can be true to myself. Man, that sounds so great, doesn't it? But you follow that person's trajectory, whoa, shockingly, the loop runs over and over if it's not one problem it's the next one and the next season, and they're in this constant loop. I'm just waiting to get rid of all my problems, and then freedom will come. <laughs> Honey, life is a problem. It is. You can't get away from it. No, the exact opposite. You're only allowing, you're, by allowing these problems to train you, and you begin to say, God, why are you doing this instead of, God, this is an opportunity for us to grow. And we have to begin to kind of almost reshape our brain and our heart around our problems because our world has trained us to handle it in one way when God's word is saying, no, 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 here's how to handle it. Walk through it. Don't run from it. Work your way in and through this dark tunnel that you don't want to go down, but Jesus is going to be with you right every step of the way He's never leaving you, and he wants to, you to go through it so you grow up. Hebrews 12 says this, endure, hard, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate and not true sons and daughters at all. Man, we must learn how to see hardship as discipline. Hardship, discipline is training. Training, think training. Hardship is training. James 1, Jesus' own brother. One of the greatest evidences that Jesus truly was the son of the living God, and it did indeed resurrect, is that his own flesh and blood brother gave his own life and was martyred for the gospel. It's like, man, would you follow your own brother to that? Proclaiming that he was the Messiah? Uh, I don't think so. James 1, 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? Great joy. Great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Don't run from it. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. And we seem to have this kind of backwards idea of God's love. Man, if God loved me, he would make my life easy. But God knows that you wouldn't grow up and be trained if life is easy. So he allows hardship for the purposes of God to be trained in you. Oh, so good. So, again, like I said, when hardship comes into your life, instead of, why God? It's, 
man, I knew it. God still loves me. What's the goal? The goal is to grow up, to rule, to learn how to rule and reign with God on the earth. Not just to go to heaven, but to train you how to rule and reign with him, which is his original intention and dream in the garden. And that's why he sent Jesus, so he could send his Holy Spirit to make you right. And now you can be restored to your original design to rule and reign with God on the earth. What children are not disciplined by their father? Man, parents, are you training your children? Man, the world sure is. The world, world does a great job forming our children. So you got a little game plan with your kiddos? Are you training them to navigate the world successfully? Some parents are like, man, I, I kind of don't want to force anything on them. Let them figure it out on their own. Well, you're leaving them to the wolves, and the wolves are much great at helping define lives. We're to train them to live successfully in God's world. If they don't know God or, or how God made the world to operate there, they won't be successful. So here's, here's a point. Embrace the problems you've been dealt and let them train you. Kind of main point for a whole today. Embrace the problems you've been dealt and let them train you. Man, be thankful for the opportunities to overcome challenges. Man, it's, it's the nature of our problems that reveal where God is talking to you. God is taking you. Why? Because problems show where you have yet to be trained. It's a kind of exposed weakness where the Lord's just like, yeah, I'm going to put my finger on that. Why do I keep having these problems? Man, it's because you haven't developed the skill to not walk in that pattern. And so we kind of keep circling the block. But God's faithful. He's faithful in his love for you in that he won't progress you too fast, that he'll kind of keep you going around that mountain until you learn that essential lesson. And then you move on. And then you move on. God is so faithful to you, he's not going to put a burden on you of responsibility that you kind of aren't fully ready for. Well, sometimes that happens. So what problems are training you? What problems in your life are training you? My pro-pastoral tip is stop complaining and start learning with a smile on your face. Stop complaining. I mean, I, <laughs> there was a high school buddy of mine, and he was notoriously late to school and uh, we had first period together, notorious late, always coming in around seven to eight minutes. I mean, it was right around the same window. It was like clockwork. And I was like, bro, why do you show up late all the time? He goes, man, I leave the house at X amount of time, and I, dude, I just pray for green lights. And I'm like, bro, that's not working out for you really well. No, you just need to leave earlier. How about that, Right? Sometimes we pray that God would make it go away. God, take this from me. And God's like, no. Or the opposite. We pray that God would do something. God, I want this. God, I need this. And God's like, no. Sometimes because he's looking out for you. And sometimes maybe we need to kind of maybe reprocess some of the judgments you've had towards God 
in the past about maybe an unanswered prayer. And looking back, maybe in the long run, he was looking out for you. Oh, man. Man, that one girlfriend I prayed to, like, marry in eighth grade. Praise God. Right? I remember giving that prayer in eighth grade. Man, she was a looker. She was great. But it was like, God's like, <laughs> heck no. I got something better for you. Anyway. Sometimes we rebuke the devil. You might actually be rebuking what God wants to do in your life. The devil's real. He hates you, yes. But he's trying to convince you that you're a victim in the problems God is trying to train you up in. The devil doesn't want you trained by God. It's his greatest threat. Man, you're going to heaven, great. But please don't be, an arm, don't be a soldier in God's living kingdom army. That's what I want to prevent. Okay, let's go. Hebrews 12, 11, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Okay, so power is guarded by problems, and maybe when I said problems, your, your kind of mind started creating a little list of like, okay, I got that going on, that going on, that going on, but here's, here's the great truth, is God is likely working on one or two things in your life to help you grow and mature, one or two. It's not six. It's usually every season, it's one or two things that God is putting his finger on to say, I want you to grow up in this area. I need you to embrace this problem and work through it. Because the more you run from it, the more immature you will remain. So what's that problem in this season? Or problems, plural, maybe two. That God is putting his finger on in your life to say, I'm, that is the thing I'm empowering you I'm giving you grace for, that's what I want you to walk through. So training mission number two is identify the problem, four problems, again, it might be only two, in your life that God wants to train you by and embrace it. Don't run from it. That false peace with that one coworker, man, mm, that's keeping you up at night. And maybe that one thing, maybe it's you got to have that conversation. Stop running from it and work through it, leaning and depending on God the entire way. That's how God grows his people up. Now, in a world, I'll close with this. In a world where victimhood is celebrated, those who solve problems rise to the top. I'll read that again. In a world where victimhood is celebrated, those who solve problems will rise to the top. Man, if you and I can accept the cards that we've been dealt with and allow God to train us through the problems that we face, rather than running from them or trying to pray them away, God will grow you up into the man or woman he's designed you to be, to live in victory over those areas of strongholds that you have in your life. That kingdom of darkness, its hooks and that pull in your life will be severed off And you'll be able to live in freedom and victory. Amen? So that's why this is important. 
Don't avoid it. Don't run from it. God, let me pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that whatever your Holy Spirit just brought up or has been bringing up in our imagination and our heart just now, Father, I pray that you would make it clear to us what this problem is. And Father, Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, sometimes in those areas that anxiety right now is just rising. And Lord, I speak to that and I, we just say, no, in Jesus' name, God is with you. His Holy Spirit is with you, giving you the power, giving you the grace, giving you the wisdom to navigate through this problem. Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would empower us to be sons and daughters that embrace our training and embrace these things that have been dealt to us, that, God, you're giving us the courage and the strength to not run from it, but to walk through it in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for even new imaginations and visions of this area of what that could look like as you get on the scene. Lord, as we even sang that, God, nothing's impossible to you. With the faith in this room, imagine what God could do. So, Father, Lord, I pray for grace over, Lord, even those pictures, not fear, but, Lord, pictures of faith. God, what can you do if we walk through this? God, you could actually restore this relationship. It wouldn't be awkward anymore. God, you, you could get victory over the stronghold in the area that's destroying you and your family. Now, in this season, you don't have to live with that forever. God's grace and power is here today for you to access. So, Father, I pray that we would be bold sons and daughters, that we can boldly go into the throne room of grace, your throne room as our Father, Lord, to be and receive who you've made us to be. Lord God, thank you for the problems in our life, that they are training us and growing us up. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hero 1111, training mission two, go do it. Identify that problem. Walk through it. If you need help, ask a brother or sister. Ask the person that invited you here. Get somebody on in your boat to say, hey, this problem's maybe a little bit more than my bandwidth or, or ability to handle. Hey, man, I need your help. That's the beauty of God's people is we don't have to live independent but interdependent. Amen? Amen. Have a good Sunday. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.